One of the many great powers of photography is possibility to elevate the common and mundane to the beautiful and transcendent. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And Ward, guess what? What? This is the 150th episode. <laughs> Number 150. Is this the sesquicentennial? Is that what this is? is I don't know. Is well, that a I word? I forget what the word 150 means. I don't have words I think like that's, that. I think it's an, the annual part means year, but whatever. All right. 150. 150. I, I know. Uh, it sounds a lot, like man. a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, I mean, if we were doing this weekly, it'd be a lot more, but it yeah, doesn't matter. A number is a number. Numbers. We've a number. been doing it for longer. Yeah. Put it that way. Well, um, a You've first of all, well, yeah, I've been doing it for a while, you know. But uh, I know we started this year together, right? Our first episode, or the first episode of the of twenty twenty one, is lens uh, hangover. Lens hangover. And then I don't remember when I asked you exactly when to become a co-host because my brain is right, but must have been a few episodes after that, right? Within a so yeah, we've done the whole year together, and and here we are, hundred and fiftieth episode, and this is the end of twenty twenty one. So I want to make sure I get that in December. I'd like to December. say it went by in a flash, but I don't think it did. I, 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 I can't no. even say, no, I can't say it. It's actually parts of it went fast, which, cause I'm kind of blown away that we're already in the end of 2021. And then parts of it, like even the last past three weeks, uh, yeah. when I last spoke to you, it feels like a year in some way, yeah. you know? Um, but thanks for, thanks for being on the journey with me. No, no, I'm happy to do it. And I found another thing to do in life and I'm, uh, and I'm enjoying it immensely. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, it's great not to just good. be talking to myself. <laughs> Although I still not not sure you actually exist. <laughs> okay, well you know, we haven't been in the same room. That's true. <laughs> I've just seen you it's as a weird guy from Canada. Right. I, I'm just looking at you now in Zoom, but you know, like this could all be a figment of Zoom. You know, like Zoom is creating things. I and vice versa. I mean, uh, you know, we just have no. to enjoy the ride. No, you exist. <clears throat> very much and i actually can't wait to meet you at some point and we maybe talked about maybe uh coming up this year meeting uh each other at, at shane bulkwich's place yeah. in north dakota north dakota right north dakota yeah north That's dakota right. yeah. yeah if that yeah, can work great. out i'd be up for that Absolutely. yeah yeah i think um i really want to work on that and if i can get the time off from work which Hopefully I won't have a problem with that, but uh, yeah. And we could do a live show. For, I mean, we could do a show from his studio. We could studio. do a show from his studio, absolutely. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. But anyway, thanks for, thanks, for, uh, thanks for being with me in this, uh, in this part of the adventure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when we were talking about what to do with the show, I sort of had this idea of, maybe doing like the, the summary of the year and review. And then you reminded me that like neither one of us have interviewed each other. And no. I thought that was actually kind of better because everybody's going to do a year end review. Mm -hmm. And, 
what, what do we have to review this year? <laughs> just, just go yeah. back and listen to the shows. That's right. Listen to the shows. It's all Go listen there. to the shows. I don't want to review them. Hit pause right now. Go back right. to the other yeah. ones and listen to them all. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I thought that was a great idea, and, and we figured we'd, we'd split the show up. You 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 uh, interview me, and I interview you, and yeah. uh, then we see where that goes. But um, yeah. I like that because I really like to be able to share um, – with everybody are both of our journeys, whatever we're doing and stuff like that. And so, you know, cool. like a no pressure kind of show, no resolutions, yeah. by the way, none of that crap. No, that's right. No resolutions. <laughs> Resolute, yeah, never mind. yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah. So, so who's going to start? I, we, what I, yeah, I can start. Okay. I can start with the questioning. Um, question me. Yeah. The question you for the interview. Um, yeah. We've talked many times about your frequent, maybe frequent until recently, visits to uh, Greenview Cemetery. Greenwood. Greenwood. Oh, Greenview. Because there's a Greenview. <laughs> Greenview. It's not my city, man. I'm so sorry. There is um, a view, and it's pretty green there, but there's a lot green. of... It, yeah. Actually, Greenwood. there's no Greenwood. I should have written it down in big letters. Historic it. Greenwood Cemetery. Yes. Yeah. Historic Greenwood Cemetery. And yeah. we talked a little bit... At, uh, before about how it's a kind of a break from everyday life and work and everything. You can, can go out there and let you take pictures of birds. And I've seen your pictures of, uh, uh, you know, the memorials, the headstones, mm -hmm. yeah. and some of the buildings and crypts and so on. I kind of wanted to dig deeper um, in that experience that you have there. So maybe let's go to the beginning. What what drew you to go there to begin with? Where did that start? Oh, uh, good question. Well, I moved to this neighborhood in 20, 2008. And I remember I, I live in a neighborhood called Kensington in Brooklyn. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the next neighborhood South of Windsor Terrace and Windsor Terrace is, is South of Park Slope. So if anybody knows Brooklyn, you kind of get a geographical way. I'm, a, I'm closer to, on the way to Coney Island. I'm not close to Coney Island, but I'm on that way. Okay. And, uh, you know, every time, I actually haven't, I don't move a lot. You know, I've lived in apartments for very long times. And my previous apartment that I lived in, I was near the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. Mm. And, and that actually filled the same role as Greenwood. I mean, I lived there. I could walk to Green uh, Botanic Garden. It was also very old. It's an old place. And, you know, it has that, that space and, and sort of, um, you know, it screams out, photograph me, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so um, when I moved to this neighborhood, uh, I actually wasn't quite aware of how close I was to Greenwood Cemetery. I'm, I'm about a 20-minute walk from it if I walk, you know, pretty fast, and sometimes I drive there. But I, I didn't really know that it was there until, um, actually, I think until I met, was it until I met Tom? Uh, um, previous, you know, street shots, uh, switched to manual. Yeah. And I met him pretty early on. And I think he was showing me pictures of his, like he would shoot photograph Hawks in, in Greenwood. Hmm. And that's when I sort of got the, um, sort of the desire to go there, but we had actually set up a, um, a switch to manual class. Actually, we were, actually we were, we were, we were setting up a switch to switch to manual to begin with. And we did a okay. test class 
And we had some friends come and hang out with us, and then we we all drove over to Greenwood. And that was that might have been my first time really walking around Greenwood Cemetery. Uh, was with Tom. I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to let that go like that. And and at first, I was kind of not knowing what sort of the rules were or something like that. And so I just sort of followed what everybody else did. Was like walk on the paths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but I didn't realize how uh, historically significant Greenwood Cemetery was until um, you know going there for a little bit more and more. But I thought it was a, you know it was a really cool place to photograph. You go you go in there and you can't but photograph okay. in Greenwood. You know, so um, yeah, I I I wasn't aware of it and I was very timid. I was sort of like mm, not sure what I can do there. You know, and again it's the mm the respect of the place and and uh, um, just like anything, you go to someplace new and you just want to sort of go a little bit at a time and understand and not just barge in and say, oh, I'm going to start doing this. But uh, really figuring out what was the historic significance of it. I mean, I like I like the history of New York. And so once finding out that Greenwood was sort of, uh, you know, part of old New York, which right. is I'm very much into, uh, it sort of started drawing me there more and more. Um and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Yeah, <laughs> you just went you off on a, yeah, on a, on a tangent. Are. Yeah. Okay. So you, uh, you know, you discover this and I like the whole, a whole idea of having to warm up to it because, uh, yeah, yeah. there is a real exploration. You really are learning at the same time that you're photographing the thing. I think the best work comes out of those kind of circumstances. That's true. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you're like, what is this thing? Um, you know, and then you're, you're, you're working on it there. So in terms of subject matter, when you're there, I mean, it would, it had, would have evolved over time, of course, but are there certain subjects or things that evoke a feeling in you to shoot? Let's set the birds aside for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. You know, and that's a relatively recent development, right? That's since you got longer lenses and yeah, and you, that- you were always doing yeah, and it serves a different purpose. I, it's interesting that you're 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 sort of leading into that because my instinct is to say that there are multiple layers of a mm-hmm. place like Greenwood, and, and I think you find it in any place that you go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not just a cemetery, right? There's the historical part of it. There's the 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 stories of the people who are buried there. There's the flora and fauna, and there is some. Mm-hmm. there um there's the like again it's like hitting these multiple layers and then and, and then each layer that i seem to go after i, I for different reasons all right mm-hmm. so you said put the birds aside i get that because for me like i'm not a birder yet or right. yet but there's something in a satisfaction at going there and photographing birds right it's a right. it's a stopping post for you know uh arresting area for birds who are migrating and you know greenwood cemetery is as large as prospect park you know and and, right. and it's got a lot of attractions for migrating birds and so there's that and and that leads to a social aspect because i started meeting other birders there more mm-hmm. recently um but then there's these other things in there yeah. and there's the there's the history part of it and um uh so i think i go there and you know, I can even find myself when I'm there at 
different times photographing different things, different layers and, and sort of getting in touch with what I feel at different layers. Like for instance, photographing. And one of the things I'm doing is just taking pictures, more of a record, but of all the, not all of them, there's so many of them, the civil war soldiers who were buried there. Right. Right. But one well, of I was going to get into my next question, which was because you mentioned history a couple of times. So let's, let's, let's go into that now then. Okay. So, sure. so we've got, um, We've got Civil War uh, dead, buried there. We've got mm -hmm. Tammany Hall personalities, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Boston. And what else? What goes on? What else goes on there? I mean, there's the you know you know Leonard Bernstein's buried there. You know, um, the um, uh, Mr. Ebbets from Ebbets Field is buried mm -hmm. there, right? You know, so uh, then who else is there? You know, Bill the Butcher is there too, actually, mm -hmm. from from Tammany Hall. Um, and I'm just scratching the surface. I mean, like one of the things, like like I said, I photographed the the um, Civil War veteran um, uh, markers, right? And they're a very distinctive style, or military style. There's a very um, design to them. Uh, and and going around, and sometimes there's some stories about them, especially you know we see a, one of the soldiers there. Um, this is prisoner of Andersonville, right? If you know the history of the Civil War. Uh, Andersonville was a notorious uh, um, uh, concentration camp, POW camp in the South. That was terrible. I, I don't even want to get into the description of it, but you know it's notorious, and not to, there's probably versions of it in the North as well. But but mm -hmm. Andersonville had a reputation, and so you can see a marker there. Soldier was a prisoner of Andersonville, and all of a sudden it brings up this thought process, I mean, but like, right. or the Prentice brothers, the two brothers who fought on opposite sides in the same battle and were, were, were mortally wounded in the same battle. And they were both uh, cared for by Walt Whitman um, and who talks about him. And, you know, so there's that, that, I, that, mm. that I like to, to seek out and, and um, what, sorry, you're going to buy this. You're just thinking woven into American history there. Walking right, around. right. Yeah. And so, again, as I'm going there and I'm finding out all these layers and, and how the history of Greenwood ties into the history of New York. And if you know my, my New York pictures that, that mm -hmm. I like to do, some cityscapes and stuff like that, I very much like to dive into kind of, you know, older New York if, when, if and when I can. I'm very much into, into that. And so, you know, discovering Greenwood and saying, wow, this is, this is a place where right at my you know, door essentially is this deep history. And it's funny. I was just talking to my wife today and I was like, you know, deep history, you know, in the United States, deep history, like 150 years old. <laughs> go, Same with Canada. You, you know. go to overseas, you know, deep history is like, you know, you know, 7,000 years and stuff like that, you know, yeah. but, but, but anyway, it's our history, you know? Mm -hmm. In fact, we were, we were just driving across town down near Madison Square Park in in Manhattan, and you know Madison Square Park is as old as is uh, as Greenwood Cemetery is, you know, in mm -hmm. the kind of the area that I grew up in, and and I grew up in an area, uh, Gramercy Park area near the Flatiron Building. So you're uh, a Manhattan kid. I'm a Manhattan kid, yeah, and so there is that sense of history, and 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 I love capturing that. That's one of the layers that you know. I'm not a historical photographer, as it were, but um, I wouldn't want to label myself as anything, you know, mm -hmm. but it's one of the things that I do. I mean, last year during the pandemic, Greenwood Cemetery opened up to everybody. 
uh, every day. You know, they uh, well actually they open they're open every day, but they open all all their gates and they, they usually keep most of their gates closed on, on the weekdays. But they open them up so people can come in there and sort of relax, you know, right. and have a space to walk around, not wear their masks or something. Well, actually, they did have to wear masks, but you know, just to have space and stuff like that. And and I guess people then were doing what I've been doing is going there for respite, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Greenway has always been like that. Apparently Greenwood was one of the most visited places at the, at, at its opening or in its, you know, um, early stages. Uh, it was as visited as any other place in New York. People go and have picnics there and, and, right. and whatnot. Um, what so it, be, it's sort um, of capturing that again. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been attended uh, to green space that everyone and paved right. and right. everything. So, but again, to go back to like when you know when I'm shooting there, you know, uh, photograph my tree series that you know mm-hmm. it's actually roots, one of the, these tree gnarly roots. roots. Yeah, 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 very cool. Well, just the, it's actually not the roots; it's just it's also the base of the tree. And okay, yeah, it's yeah. the base and why I why I'm doing that. And of course, I I like I I don't know. I want to say why how I'm shooting them because it doesn't really matter. Um, it's I, the reason why. I started shooting the trees the way I was doing is because I can't see the whole tree when I'm walking around. You know, have to mm-hmm. tilt your head up and see a whole tree. But when you're walking, you just see the base of the tree and the trunk and maybe the bottom of the yeah. leaves. And it, th- that decided that, well, you know, why should I try to struggle photographing the entire tree? I'll just photograph this. But it's one of the first projects that I think I've done since, I don't know. I mean, maybe since I was working at the Botanic Garden, did the calendar for that, that I actually felt like I was, oh, I've got something here. I got a project that maybe I can even approach Greenwood with. So, yeah. Um, but again, even shooting that is, was, uh, you know, um, a bit of, uh, you know, relaxation, even though it was, you know, work and started looking at things in certain ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. No, cool. No, I love those tree pictures. I got to say, and when they come up, uh, now you do chairs and maybe we'll get into that <laughs> a, a bit later. <laughs> we'll get into that Actually, a bit I was just later. looking, I was just looking through my Lightroom catalog. Uh, I don't remember what I was looking for, but I noticed like I could go far as far back as 2008. Um, and I was shooting chairs back then too. So that's interesting. I, I, I wasn't aware that I was shooting chairs for that long. So, well, it's, well, it's, you know, these, these, subconscious influences they they bear themselves out when you do and so any kind of art for any period of time i think yeah so okay we've got uh, we're going back to greenwood i gotta write Mm -hmm. that down (laughs) um so we were talking about the feeling of being there of shooting and shooting the different subjects and the history and all of that input Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now i don't know if you've had a chance to go back through some of that work over the over these past years and if you have come to any conclusions or any interpretations of what uh, um i don't know of, of the work you're creating if you see it evolving if it's uh if it has a meaning for you as mm. a completed work now because some people the, it's like you let it go you you shoot right, it's right. great you post it and it, or you print it and it, and you know and that's that's it. It served its purpose. But is there something in the body of work? Like I think to my Mexico pictures, right? Mm-hmm. That little body of work has a, a huge impact on me. Um, but I'm wondering, uh, you know, if you're looking back at uh, particularly all the, going back over these years, uh, is there anything that you've, I don't know, a reaction or anything? 
any lessons you've learned or any kind of really? emotional state that you yeah good question garnered from them. <laughs> well so far i think only in in the tree images um because i feel like i might be actually finished with that maybe. okay maybe maybe um that I, for you know for me looking at my pictures and saying like certain pictures are I, I i'm enjoying i for some strange reason i am not a big fan of my own pictures and i'm not saying i don't like them but i'm not like right. oh like hey look what i did in, to myself you know yeah. like posting and sharing but but for some reason these tree pictures uh sort of the way i f felt about like you know recently when i was talking when we were talking about uh shane's work um mm -hmm. you know something about that his work it, these tree pictures have done the same thing for me, or at least they were, they're doing the same thing for me. And what is right. really interesting is that there's a technique similarity. Um, now that I'm thinking And they didn't it. get boring too, which is interesting. Cause when you do a technique, you do some kind of bit of technique over and over again, it seems like a shtick. It's sort of like, Oh, look, here's another picture of the same right, thing. Right. With the blurry, whatever. Yeah. No, no, it didn't yeah. because there's so many, uh, I don't know. There's so many different ways to look at that place. And so with the trees, I, I, you know, I'm really excited about and uh, going thinking that I, of course, I've probably said this umpteen times since we've, if well, I've this might be them. somebody's first podcast. So that's true. But I, I need them. to print, I need to print those pictures. I mean, I need to yeah, do what I you agree. and what you and uh, what Mark did is, is send out the shots, get them four by six printed and just lay them out and like make a book. And you know it doesn't have to be the best book initially. No, it's but it something be that, the best book you can do. Yeah, it will be the best that I can do, and you know I want to send it to the people at Greenwood as a sort of thank you mm -hmm. uh, for uh, you know allowing me, even though like there wasn't any explicit uh, permission. I'm allowed to go and photograph there, but as a like thank you for allowing this to happen, mm -hmm. you know. Um, because I feel I really enjoy those pictures, and I have a feeling so, you know other people would, especially because Greenwood is also a national. Um, what are they? What is it? Arboretum. National Historic Site. Yeah. No. No. It's it's a well. It's it's a national historic site, but it's also I want to say arboretum, and I'm not sure if that's the right yeah. word, but um, because they actually document all the trees there, they all they're they're all documented, and they have to take care of them in a certain way, and because it's a national thing, I'm going to get this kind oh, of screwing. Yeah, so the trees are just a rough a, idea. Yeah. So yeah. the trees and the and the flora and the fauna are just as important as as the grounds themselves, you know. And it, like I said, it's an you know it's an active cemetery. So there's that aspect to it. That's the, we're talking about the multiple layers mm -hmm. of a place like that. You know, there's this history, and then there's the the natural stuff that's going on there, and then there's the personal stuff with the the people uh, and the families who are visiting and are buried there. So there's all those things, but yeah, that at, at this moment, the the tree stuff I feel the most about. Um, okay. And like I said, I, I sort of wince a little bit when I say it's may not be finished. I think it's finished, but I may not because I might want to revisit it mm -hmm. with a different technique of photographing or a different you feel uh, like mechanism. You feel like it's a completion now, not like you've run out of gas because right. that's yes. what happens with my projects. I'm sort of like. Where am I going with this? But yeah. No, this is like, I can put a bow on this for now. Yeah, I think right. so. And, you know, actually, as I'm thinking about this out loud now, I, 
you know, I, I was thinking I would love to go back there with a new kind of camera design and photograph, but I don't think I could capture the same, like, you know, redo the shots because mm -hmm. actually the way I was photographing, there's a lot of randomness to the technique, which I right. had no control over, which is right. kind of fun. And all right. I mean, I can, I'll, I'll spill the beans, a little bit, but you know, I photographed it with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. With an app that works with the um, the portrait mode in, in in on the iPhone, but because the app is a little wonky, especially when it's trying to deal with depth, that there's a randomness to it, which which is what also attracted me was the fact that I didn't know what was going on. Right. So anyway, I thought maybe I'd go back with a different camera or the larger format camera and see if I can do the same things, but I can't capture the same. I, I realize I can't get the same things. I can get different pictures. I can get new work, and and maybe there is. Maybe, you know, sending a book to Greenwood is sort of a foothold into, like, I would love to do some work with them, mm -hmm. you know, which is actually how I got, uh, when I ended up uh, doing um, Brooklyn Botanic Garden, I ended up going there a lot, photographing, and then I somehow got my foot in the door to get, to be able to do a couple of calendars with them. Right. And actually, just to sidestep for a second here, one of the calendars was at their 100th anniversary. Uh, the Brooklyn Botanic Garden's 100th anniversary. And we had come up with the concept, of course, not very original in a sense, but the then and now kind of things. But I had taken the uh, uh, a selection of photographs from the photographer 100 years. This was in 2010 that the calendar was. So in 1910, a photographer named Louis Buell walked around or photographed the Botanic Gardens. I think mm -hmm. he did it for a while, not just in, in, in uh, yeah. but as the place was opening. And I... Traveled in his footsteps as best I can. I didn't do a one-for-one -one copy of his pictures because I didn't want to do that. But I, you know, I was in the vicinity and yeah. ended up doing the calendar as a as a then and now. And then I ended up getting a show there where I ended up printing his pictures from mm -hmm. they were they were scans of glass negatives, and putting mine next to each next to him. So we had this yeah. nice That's show. Very cool. So it's funny that I just I think, think I've seen I think I've seen some pictures from. Buell in really, uh, yeah, published somewhere. I loved his work. His his work just uh, on its own, like it's not just Botanica, but like I love that old. You know, I know the I guess I love the old style stuff, but I think his work was really just attractive on its own. Um, but yeah, I was just realizing that there's a, there's a bit of history there, <laughs> and it's the same time period history in a sense, close ballpark to like what's going on in Greenwood, you know, and, and, and for me and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm trying to tell you that there's other parts of the stuff I'm doing there. Like birds really is photographing birds. There is, is at a different level. It's more of a, like they happen to arrive there. Um, there's a community of people there. It is very relaxing to, tr very relaxing and challenging to try to capture birds. And I, like birds. I said, I have a lot of respect for people who, who photograph birds because it ain't easy. No. <laughs> um, and then the other parts of it, you know, I, it's funny because I'm not as interested in, I like the monuments, but I haven't quite found what it is about like what I want to do and photograph there. I know recently I went there with a pinhole camera, a uh, pinhole lens on my camera, and I actually kind of liked mm. like approaching that th that way. And uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of modern pictures of the, um, of the, um, of the monuments. I really like sort of an old style mm -hmm. and 
yeah, it suits it, the locale a little better. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, again, that might be cliche in some way, you know, to photograph old things with an old camera, but yeah. or an old style. But I, I don't care because I, I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm doing it for myself. For yourself, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's more of an exploration of like transcending time a little bit. Like a, there's yeah. a little bit of a time travel kind of thing that I like to do, especially in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I start seeing my city or parts of my city in the way that it was way back when. And, and I really prefer it that way than any of the new stuff that's being, well, not everything. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Luddite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind some of the new stuff, but I don't like how things are being replaced and, and, and demolished. And so, you know, Greenwood has got that. It's like, that's not, that place is not going to change, you know? So yeah. anyway, I'm not even that's sure cool. if I'm answering your questions again. You absolutely are. Yeah. And I think I'm. I, I think the meters run out for me for questions. You kidding? <laughs> what? What's the take? No, what's the takeaway? Yeah. The take. Yeah. What can we? What for a takeaway for? Yeah. What is? Uh, I don't know. Well, um, hmm. You know, I, I again thinking about where I used to live and my my connection to the botanic garden now where I live and my connection to to Greenwood Cemetery in terms of doing this work for myself and how, like thinking that sometimes you people need to uh, you know in order for me to be creative or to express my creativity I, I I can't do it near where I live uh, you know uh, I need to go someplace else I need to travel you know okay. far away and or I need to do something else and 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 someone once told me that you know what is it most of our lives we spend you know or that, like the majority of us can live our lives within 25 like a radius of 25 miles from where we were born yeah you know, and that idea that I don't really need to go places and I can't go places. That's the thing. I'm not able to really go mm-hmm. places, but I can find what I want satisfactory and find myself in my style and my creativity, literally a stone's throw away from where I'm, where I happen to be residing, you know, mm-hmm. and the same was when I was, in the, you know, when I lived in Manhattan, I, I photographed, you know, the uh, Gramercy Park area and the Madison Square Park area. Yeah. That's the history. Like that's I don't need to go that far. So I guess that's part of the takeaway for me is like, what's what's right over your, you know, over your fence? What's five blocks away? You right. know, why do I need to go and um, and it's kind of something to carry over. Like you know, as we're going into the new year and start thinking about like, okay, well, what's what's on the agenda for for next year? Um, Probably not much different. <laughs> There's nothing you know. wrong with that if it works, right? If yeah. Works, you know. Yeah. If it ain't so, broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So I appreciate I appreciate the the questions. Yeah. yeah no problem. Now, do you have any for me? Do I have some for you? <laughs> Well, it's funny because it can dovetail that 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 my um, takeaway about like uh, you know traveling how you know how far do we go uh, away from where we our origins are in order to um, uh, find ourselves creatively. Mm-hmm. But I decided I wanted to do an origin story with you. <laughs> I really okay. wanted to get it sort of concise because we I, we okay. we probably tapped into it a bunch of times. Um, well, like we tapped into Greenview. You yeah, know, Greenwood. You keep saying Greenview. Gosh, 
<laughs> I got, you know, I got to write it. I got to put mm -hmm. along the sign, you know, beside the sign, it says Antonio that I stuck on the screen. So I remember who you are. Greenwood. I will put the Greenwood, <laughs> put the Greenwood. So Antonio I decided, Greenwood. I decided to scour your site a little bit. Um, okay. My sad, uh, hardly you're, you're, well, my site, my site is as sad as yours in some way. I didn't even, God, I don't even update my site. Anyway. Um, and so I, I went through and I was like looking through your artist statement and your blog, trying to find common themes. Um, but I really, really, really wanted to get like we've talked about this in, on the show before. Like we're we're you know we're about the same age. Right? Yeah. We came into photography about the same times in our lives and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to hear it from you, like um, where this whole thing started. And and uh, I don't let me see. I'm gonna go look through my notes here. Um, but you, what I read is that you got into photography and then you left it for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. But how early did you get into photography? I mean, what, I what got, age would you say we had your first camera? You know what I mean? Like when did it become something? Because we all had, maybe we had all had cameras as kids, but there must've um, been some time. Yeah. Like, my first camera was, I got when I was 10. Okay. And it was an Instamatic clone, a Sears Instamatic clone. And originally I just saw it in the catalog. Was it a, a 126 or it a was 126 cartridge? Uh, yeah. Okay. It was a 126. So we're dating ourselves here, everybody. Yeah. 126 cartridge. This would <laughs> have been uh, 1974. Yeah. I, the best description of it, I can't, how do you describe it? It was a plastic um, with, with two plastic reels on either side and a plastic sort of bridge between the two of them is one solid piece right yep and and you open up the back of the camera and then you slap this thing in and then you close it and maybe you wound a couple of times to wind the film yep. and and it had a little catch mechanism to stop there was it was a square format right it was square and it was, yeah. was square and it was the same width as as 35 millimeter film and so the frames were reasonable size, but the cameras, of course, that we shot with in those days are pretty awful plastic lenses and so on. Okay. So anyway, so I saw this, uh, this, you know, this Instamatic clone in the, in the catalog. And I, 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 I picked the clone as opposed to wanting the Kodak one because it was less money. And I, you know, was trying to spare my parents, uh, you know, get a, pick a, 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 a Christmas gift for me. The okay. one that they could afford. <laughs> so well, that was... Okay. You're right. You thought it, like you had a better chance of getting it then. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But what drew you to that? I mean, you're saying that's your first camera, but what? Pure materialism. What was not. It was a uh, thing. It was, it it was, was a, a thing, thing that, that was okay. not a toy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I, I wanna, so uh, then, yeah. So I started with that and I shot a uh, Veracrome pan and Coda Color 2 cartridges i'm amazed that you even remember that <laughs> oh yeah veracrome pan. it was actually not bad black and white film i went back mm -hmm. i because i found i found some of the old films uh i don't know why my mother kept them but anyway and i tried to print them and they're actually the tones are not that bad the photography is horrendous but <laughs> so anyway so i did the the uh did that for maybe a year and then uh was interested in enough in it that um I don't know if my mother told me or my dad brought it up at the supper table once that, you know, he had this old camera from 1959 that he got, um, this, uh, Pratica Mark, Mark, Mark 4B, I think it is. And had a, had a Zeiss Tessar 50, 50 millimeter F 2.8. 
And did any uh, of that mean anything to you when you were a kid, or was nope. it explained to you? It was just here's no. This I read. Nitro. I tried to find. You know, I tried to fit. You know, I they were just it was just numbers and letters that right. I would okay. read on the right. camera. But I'm just I'm just trying to paint a picture of gotcha, what it gotcha. was. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of a silver camera with like these leatherette things and a silver kind of uh, aluminum barrel to the lens and so on, a semi-automatic diaphragm. So this would have been I was 11 when I started using it, and it wasn't that long. The next Christmas, I think, uh, my parents got me uh, an enlarger. And so, uh, development with, trays. So within a year, you went from a yearish to two years. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you went from an instamatic to a dark room. Yeah, so seventy five. Yeah, it was a dark room in seventy five. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So good for so, you. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah, wow. seventy five. Yeah. So yeah, an Omega and larger, um, and then um, I'd take pictures with the. Um, with the Practica and it's all, it has a, it had a selenium uh, meter in it. So it was match needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd set the, um, you um, like this, the shutter speed and, yeah. and it would tell you, you'd turn the dial back and forth until the, the little triangle lined up with the meter line. And then you had your little, your little grid on the rewind crank of what combination of shutter speeds and, and apertures would work. And you put that in the camera and you go, take pictures and the next summer i took uh, color pictures of the church picnic and uh so i would have been 12 i guess that next summer and um i so you're, you're I, a I working photographer i, I was a working photographer and i had the presence of mind like when the little kids were doing the sack races or whatever um i crouched down on the ground and had the the little twine finish line that was going across it was at a a good angle sort of like what i must have imagined they would shoot the olympics on tv i don't know where really? it would have come that up that but um yeah, it been... was like this and and it was just it was early in those early days like i look back at my pictures i'm like and then there's a picture of my my brother and sister having a, um, a water fight with a garden hose in the front yard and i'm like close i'm like really, really? close and 500th of a second, which is as fast as it would go. And like, it's just this great sports image of them splashing each other. It's just, well, let me ask so you. So I had second. all this technique. I have no idea where it came well, from. Well, that's what you're going to say. You, you, had you been looking at photographs before well, that? Like, had, I mean, uh, tell me where you grew up. Where where was it? I grew up in, a, in well, my and father worked this? for a fire machinery manufacturing company. Okay. He was a mechanic. So he was a lead, like, um, he was a mechanic that, um, the factory would send out when your local dealer couldn't solve a problem. Okay. All right. So he had a very, very large area, um, in the Canadian prairie. So it would have been, so, well, when I was very little, well, I was born in Saskatchewan, but, uh, the first few years of my life, we were living in Southern Manitoba. So Southern Manitoba was a little bit further east. And um, he he worked as this factory-trained mechanic. But his territory, when he went out to help these dealers, was southern Saskatchewan and southern Manitoba. So it was this uh-huh. huge, huge area about the size of the Dakotas, basically, that okay. was his, 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 I, his, his roaming area. But I guess what I'm asking is, like, what was your exposure to photography other than taking pictures? Watching like, television. Well, but that's not photography. Else. I mean, that's just no, visual. But it isn't. It isn't. But uh, I, in my okay. mind, it was. I always thought, oh, there's. Look at that. 
And I, I think that that, and I've forgotten the name of the That's director who did the Olympics, the movies on the Olympics. Um, they he oh. did the mm. anyway, the nineteen seventy two. He was known f- primarily in those days for his film of the nineteen seventy two Olympics. So at that your young age, your exposure to visual stimulus is television. Yes. You're not going to you're not going to museums just because or no, galleries. There's no there's not, no museums. No. Well, if there were, there were certainly no photographic exhibits that I would have known. Okay. Of. And I was yeah. not much of an arty guy. I didn't really, okay. I can't draw. I can't, uh, the crayons, I can never stay within the lines. Right? <laughs> um, All right. So I anyway, want to get so, that. So I, I want to get that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, in, in this, you know, growing up the way I did. So the first kind of five, seven years of my life, I'm living kind of in this remote area of Southern Manitoba. And then, when I'm 10, we moved to Outlook, Saskatchewan, which is a nice little small town, about 2,400 people mm-hmm. on the South Saskatchewan River, south of the next biggest city, Saskatoon, which in those days would have been maybe 150,000 people. So it's an hour away okay. upstream on the river. So it's quite for the kind of the dry grassland prairie that they have in that kind of neighborhood part of the country. Um, it was along a riverbank and it was very green and there was irrigation on the farms. And so it was greener than places, uh, other places around there. Gotcha. So farmers were often, they didn't have to live out on the farm. They could live in town. And so there was this kind of mix of people that were doing the, you know, whatever the industries were, um, uh, you know, know, the, the local stores and retail and grocery stores and all that sort of stuff and farm machinery dealers, which is why dad settled there. Okay. And uh, so that was when I was 10, that first Christmas, I got the first camera, blah, blah, blah. And we go on from there. So right. yeah, small town, 2,400 people. I guess I'm just really curious why you were, you were so forward with your camera. You said you're getting in front of everybody. You're getting close to the water fight. You're getting down on the ground to, to get the, um, you know, the crossing line, the finish line and stuff like that. You're, you're, you're already doing things. It sounds like that, you know, a, a photographer, you know, you already have the photographer mindset. And so I'm trying to figure out like, well, what would have influenced that? But it, it just happened. You just it figured just out these are the ways I, that you'd need to look at stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I think too, because then one of my first bits of advice when I'm helping somebody is, and it goes to Winograd, we were talking about with Mark the other day about, you know, what is something look photographed that's different than when you are right, standing right. there watching. And I think I had a sense of that really early. I'm trying to, I'm thinking of the end product like uh-huh. as much as I can before. And it That's wasn't a, just, yeah. you know, who's going to look at this. It was just, you know, I thought it, I just thought it would be interesting to be closer. All right. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I took lots of garbage too. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> how old were we? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, I think I've got my, my negatives from way back when up in a box in the corner up there. I'm a little nervous about going and looking at them. <laughs> I get that, you know, we're, we're, you know, it's wince inducing, you know, when you look back at your old stuff, but I'm just amazed by the story that you're telling about, like you're aware getting into the, getting into the fray already. And, um, that, that's pretty exciting, but, um, let's go, let's fast forward a little bit. All right. Uh, uh, again, I'm just going by what I read in your, you know, and anybody can look at your, uh, your artist statement, uh, and your blog and find out a little bit more about you. But, um, you talked about the, 
the possibility at some point working in a camera store in Saskatchewan, but choosing then to um, uh, do go to a computer operator job or something like that. What? How old were you when, when that? When that? Um, well, and, and yeah, I was. Well, I would have just graduated high school then, so okay. I hadn't made any inroads into applying for the job at the at the store in Saskatoon. Um, I was staying, helping uh, my parents with their market garden. They had moved from town to a um, a thirty or forty acre, forty acre um, acreage, and my dad was um, growing a market garden there. And so I'd helped him out with the corn planting and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I hadn't really thought about, you know, I thought I might, I might apply for this job uh, in the city, but. Uh, an opportunity came up when I uh, went to a wedding, a family wedding, uh, that there would be a, there was a job opening up for a computer operator at a seismic data processing company in Calgary. And I thought, Ooh, I really want to live in the city. My whole, even when I believe when I was little, I always felt that I was going to be a city dweller, that I wasn't going to stay on the farm or in town, in a small town. I didn't think there was, like Charlize Theron says, and I put put it in my statement about my blood and bones are there, but my dreams are not, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that was the kind of feeling I had in like Calgary. Oh, that's bigger than Saskatoon. Well, let me try that. And what happens if I fail? I come back. I come back cap in hand to my parents to, to, to work in the market garden and maybe go to university, do something else. But I did that and I loved the city. And even though they were paying me minimum wage, there was going to the movies all the time, was catching yeah, up on yeah. all the culture that I had missed. Um, but you had that draw initially to want to um, fill out the application to the camera store. Like, well, there was that was kind of, well, it was not really deep. It was sort of like, well, if nothing works out, then I'll just. Uh, right. But uh, you, you didn't, you didn't say that i you know you wanted to sign up in a gas station or something like that oh yeah no no purposely put in your in your uh bio or i can't remember actually where i found this but that you like a camera store was the was the was the option was an option because i knew about you know i knew about cameras and it was interesting to me and i would meet other photographers or or meet photographers i wasn't really one yeah so how different would your life have been had you signed up for it's just um, interesting. I mean, if you know, I had was, started there, um, because I see this in myself and I, and I bring it up every now and then the podcast that I'm not really, I don't really have long range business smarts. Uh-huh. And so if I'd started in the camera store and then became a professional photographer, looking back at my character now, even though I worked in my chosen field and computers, um, I think I would have burned out and I think I would have uh, kind of, uh, I, f- I feel anyway, depending on the kind of work that I would have done, I think I would have just burned out and ended up killing the joy of photography for me by strapping the yoke on and, and right. pulling oh. the whole load. So I'm, I'm fortunate now, and particularly now that I'm, I'm older and that I'm doing it sort of on my terms as opposed to customer's terms, for instance. So you also oh, said yeah. somewhere that you had a hiatus in photography. Yeah. The hiatus what that, was. What does that mean? Like. Well, I got married. Um, right. But you and, stopped taking pictures altogether. I mean, when you say hiatus, like what does define that? Um, in well, in I your had, terms. I had, like, dark room. I had this very intense activity for, in the late 80s uh, to about 1991. 
uh, I met my wife. Actually, I knew my wife from high school, but she was living in in the American South. She was living in New Orleans, and I'd known her all the you know I'd known her from uh, from well from seventh grade. And uh, uh, we started up a relationship, and I you know I didn't the pull of photography wasn't really there at that time. Um, maybe cause I was, you know, in my late twenties, uh-huh. uh, you know, maybe the, the bloom had gone, gone off the rose a little bit. I didn't, I didn't really feel motivated to go out and shoot in the same, in the same way I did in the late eighties. Um, so no, and we got married and before you knew it, we were building a house and having kids and, and it just didn't, uh, it didn't really enter. I mean, I, still have photo books and I still kind of was interested in it and national geographic and so on and, and kept up an American, uh, was it, um, American photographer? There was an interesting yeah, magazine that, that was magazine, up for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, and so I did, a good magazine you know, I, too. I, I kept studying, one. I kept studying, uh, just sort of casually. And I had a feeling, I always had this feeling, oh, I would go back to it someday. But was it really Luckily, like an off and on switch? Like you just pretty much shooting really just because, wow because to you know it's easy to stay with your career and your work and your marriage and your kids and everything because you have to the photography was not the have to in those days it was the want to uh-huh. and because of age and kids and everything there wasn't really the a lot of energy we did so I mean Marcy and I shot a couple of weddings together and she styled and I shot and and I was never really I was never then here's where the business thing comes in again I'm like okay. I really didn't like doing that so, so there were ask, little bits here and there, but right. nothing really satisfying. So let me ask you this. <laughs> what kept you from integrating photography? I mean, you said it was an on-off switch, but do you, can you speculate a little bit why you can sort of pull it into the way oh, with your life? Like it's, it shouldn't be an all or nothing kind of thing, right? I mean, the way we live now with photography, we sort of, we sort of yeah, can do both Well, part of bit. it was the effort. I mean, I would have only done it if I had if I had worked the dark room and dark, okay. the dark room wasn't very practical. I mean, I'm sitting in my basement right now and the space that is in storage right now is, does have water like, and there's a floor drain. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it was supposed to be a dark room. Uh, we moved here in 97 and by the time all of a sudden we were in the mid two thousands and we were deep into digital. Yeah. And then well, there was I mean, not a need. again, <laughs> Sorry, I'm grilling you a little bit. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. I'm just I'm... well because I yeah, but you know there was slides and there was you know color print film. In which case the the uh, effort is you know minimal, more or less. Yeah, but there wasn't the creative control that would ah okay. Dark room, Let's right? let, yeah, tell me about That's that. Well, the... Why was that important to you? Okay, so in the late '80s, a time of intense creativity there, where I did shoot you know two roles or three rolls a week and went through and developed them in the dark room. And the, you know, if it was a big, a big week, I would develop on, um, I developed the film on Thursday night and then dark room was Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday, if I didn't have to go to work on Monday morning. And so there was that whole thrill of the dark room of working in the dark room and the creative control that it afforded. If I was just shooting slides or mm-hmm. color prints, uh, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love I love those Kodachrome slides that I have, but that was not I would not shoot that enough. I wouldn't be the the personal handcrafted satisfaction of having ah, 
a print okay. on a fiber pay a fiber paper or whatever it was in those days and so when faced with if that was the kind of creativity i was into and then i was raising kids and all that sort of thing and the career was busy and long hours and on call and that sort of thing it just wasn't it wasn't practical so for you and it like i said i always had this thing like i would come back to it right oh well you kept saying that to yourself that someday i would get back to this and someday yeah, yeah. and you did yeah. yeah almost 10 years yeah well 10 years almost to the month yeah really you <laughs> you were <laughs> I'm not counting. It's just a, I'm not counting. Ten years, three ten days, years, well, four you, hours. You look at the calendar. You look at the calendar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so let me just grab onto what you're saying. The, the the importance to you was about the handcrafting. I mean, you you, you yes. mentioned this a lot about the the making of a picture, and so mm-hmm. so okay. I want to fast forward a little bit for a second. So, how do you reconcile digital then? <laughs> well, because digi- there's so little of what you're talking about. Well, Today. there's little done by hand. I know. But so, what I was most proud of was the thought process and what I had to do and the fighting I had to do to, I mean, the, the boring part was the fighting I had to do to get what I had going on in my head. I mean, I had the Ansel Adams book. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in pre-visualization. I can say that now trying to be a street photographer where it's almost non-existent. <laughs> right, but, right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big, you like, I, I want to get my head around as much as I can what the final print is going to look like. It look like even if it's on the street, mm-hmm. what the tones are. I'm like, you look at you know certain street and like, all these. There's a lot of color here, but they're all going to descend into the same black and white tone. Mm-hmm. So, um, did that answer your question? I forgot. I don't know. Question. Maybe, but because I'm again, I'm saying like, how do you if if craftsmanship this oh, word we right. say today if craftsmanship was that important for you that you put it off during the time that you're starting a family and, and whatnot and you know slides or, or color prints wasn't something that you felt had a uh you know that contributed to this to, to your thoughts in, in that in that direction how do you now like how can you reconcile what you're doing in digital digital okay. is so little craft yeah. And I don't mean that, and I'm not putting digital down, you know, and people are going to be, you know, I can see all of a sudden everybody screaming on the, on the headsets uh, because of this. Obviously, if you put, you know, you put darkroom work and, and digital work sort of next to each other, there is a lot more handcraft. There's yes. no doubt there's handcrafted to, to darkroom and printing and matting and stuff like that compared to digital. Right. So, okay. okay how do so you, how do you, right. how do you get around that today? I mean, I know you're sticking to your guns. Yeah, no, no, it's just that the, the, the boring part was doing, trying to oh, try that other contrast filter, try this, try that, the different exposure, and oh, the negative's too thin, blah, right, blah, blah. Right. So that was the boring part. I what, I what I loved about it was being able to see the vision through to those prints that I did make that were just, they just nailed it there, okay. everything that I imagined they would be or, or wanted them to be. So when I got to digital and I, and I made that joke, I don't know, a hundred times about the contra, the, the contrast slider is a Friday night, you know, oh, right. that okay. is literally yeah. the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So if the point of photography as a creative person is to have something come out the other end is, is as the result is what you intended, then the whole Lightroom, the Lightroom suite and Photoshop and all this kind of 
can do that. And so I can get okay, those deep darks and the glowy whites, which are what I want to call right. my, one of my trademarks. So that can happen now. Now, and I don't ever spend more than five minutes in, in Lightroom doing an individual picture because I can't then it's sort of like in the dark room I just I'd let it go but gotcha it's a creative right. getting getting the the in, the intention all right that, and then uh, that was just it's amazing I I I really enjoy and love the digital tools we have now oh really yeah oh yeah yeah I especially now because camera say again I just need a sports camera <laughs> And I'm not going to pay what they're charging right well, now. Well, I can help set you up on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's just, we'll we'll connect offline after that. Okay. Um, we're 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 getting close to time, but I, there's still a couple of actually questions right. I want to oh. I want to get sort of you to fill in on from your statements. Sure. Um, and maybe this is related to what you were saying. You, you said uh, you're not looking for the ultimate image, but you have hundreds of journal images. Yeah. Tell me what that means. And, and, and does it relate to this? Is there any relationship to the hiatus or the split or the time, like what you were doing prior to your starting a family and di digital, or is this all now coming from the place of, uh, how you're shooting now, this, this, um, idea of journal images, which I'm curious about. Well, you and I are both fans of time travel, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I look at my Instagram stream and now I've, you had to backtrack. I mean, you look, I've, I'm printing or I'm printing, I'm posting pictures from a few years ago now, but that's only because I don't get out and shoot now. <laughs> so the, 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 the whole thing uh, of, of maybe a subconscious process of, 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 uh, the passage of time, um, means means more to me because i can see the evolution uh -huh. um so I, I look at it in that way i'm not a big fan of the home run i mean i really like pictures that nail it and i'm very proud of them the ones that i that i took but but i i don't live for that and that's why i think a lot of people are discouraged in photography because they want the home run and no you just you just go and you take those pictures of things that interest you you put your heart and soul into those and they'll still attract attention for the people that care about you or understand your process. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, I'm not, uh, I'm not big on the whole, the whole idea of the, of the, you know, the home run picture. Everyone has to be a home run. Can I, I just want to add to this because this is just coming up for me when I'm looking at Instagram, I followed a couple of photographers who photograph in New York and they're doing the shots, uh, how to describe them, you know, the, the, the shot of the full moon behind the Empire State Building shot with like a 1200 millimeter lens and perfectly sharp and everything's lined up. Mm -hmm. And, and it, 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 it's zillions of pictures like this, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is perfect. And I just started to look at them and I was like, I think I'm going to start unfollowing them because you talked about this, you know, this home run image. And that's all these guys are posting, obviously, because and there yeah. are spectacular images. I don't want to take anything and away. They're hard to get too. They're so hard to get. I, I know the effort. I think you know. I can tell they're probably looking at apps to figure out when the moon is going to cross at this point and they, where they have to be and what lens they have to use. Like everything is lined up, and I, I again, I have no like. I think the pictures are beautiful. They're perfect. They're just and I can't look at them anymore. Nope. 
And so and that's I'm, not I'm, life, right? That's right. Uh, I'm, you know, and, and of course they have four thousand porn is what that right. Is. They have four thousand likes or you know fifteen thousand likes and stuff like that. So it's yeah. really funny that you mentioned this about the home run image uh, rather than the the journal images and 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 how that can you know I thought I would when actually when I first followed these guys wow this stuff is great look at it and then like but every shot is a home mm-hmm. is a home run and I'm like. I can't stand these anymore. I mean, yeah. I, I just can't look at them anymore. And it's not, again, it's not because I hate them. It's just, it's, there's something else going on. So t- tell me what you mean by journal images. Journal is like a journal of images, journal images. Yeah. Journal images. Uh, Cause that um, sounds very uh, valuable to me. Like that's it's like a, what, well, it's a, a, I like to think my pictures are aesthetic of an aesthetic elk. They're not like gritty documentary. So, um, I think it's an aesthetic log of the passage of time and of uh, things that I see in my life. You want to know about Ward? Have a look at his Instagram. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> well, that's that's really it, right? That's I I'm not a particularly. I mean, I can ramble on. I'm not like Mr. Social Butterfly, uh, right. talkative conversationalist. Right. Oh. You'll find more about me if you look at my pictures. And ask just ask me one question about any picture, and then I'll tell you all the story. Well, here, uh, here's a question. I and I know it uh, time, but uh, I'm just I pulled out one of the shots that you had uh, in your blog post. It looks like you were shooting through your car window, and is a uh, a barn or a church or something in a yeah a uh, telephone pole. Yeah, and so funny the way the way you're just describing your your journal images. This is very much of that. This is like. You know, this is what I saw today through the car window and, yeah. and this, and, and then you incorporated that and like, you didn't just shoot the building yeah. you shot. In fact, and there's, there's some part of you in this because obviously you're in the car mm-hmm. taking the photograph. So mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that that's the kind of shot that, uh, I, I thought, uh, when I looked at that, that wasn't, and I don't mean to say this bad, it's not a home run, but it is very much you. And very mm-hmm. much, you know, you're in the frame. You're you're part of this image. Um, yep. So, all right. And, and um, I'll see the last. I want to say last thing because I did want to talk about this. Yeah. The and this might relate to the way we ended with me though. Um, about like you said, like the writer, I should record what I know. I think that's important. So can yeah. you just tell me what that tell us, everybody? <laughs> Yeah. What does that mean to you in, in terms of photography? And somehow I think it's related to what, what, what I ended yeah. with, with uh, when you were talking to me. Well, I don't think, uh, well, your work's going to be less, oh, I don't know, how do I put it, less genuine if it's something you're making up. Um, it, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, it's sort of like uh, I don't know. You're you're um, trying to write science fiction. You don't know anything about it, or you, um, I don't know. I I just think that what's in front of you is is going to be more fertile ground for mm-hmm. you to bounce off your creativity. It's sort of like uh, you know I, I watch a lot and read a lot of. Um, books and watch a lot of YouTube about um, people in Hollywood, but not because of the Hollywood part or even the show business part. It's how these creative people deal with problems. Mm -hmm. And it's, there seems to be a common theme is they always look back to their childhood and they, 
there was something about their childhood that gave them some kind of essential skill to be able to deal with individual problems that they're having at work, which in their business happens to be show business, which is only tangentially related to photography, a, a production, um, uh, kind of an entertainment consumed type of media. Uh -huh. And that part I find interesting. And I don't necessarily look for it in myself other than conversations like this, but I just think that, you know, shoot from what you know, and you have your unique perspective. And if you want to know about the outback, find an outback photographer and follow him, you know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you'll learn, you'll learn about his life or her life. But I then just, you go off, then you go off to Mexico. I go off to well, Mexico. How does that, yes. how does that relate to what you're saying about what you know? Well, and that's interesting because <laughs> and I wrote a blog, I wrote a blog post in that in the unusual collective too, about oh, we'll, we'll link that in the show. The yeah. lesson, the lesson that I learned from that was, um, I completely played the tourist and I, and I regret those for that first day and a half that I was there, my mindset there was that I would just shoot all the beautiful things and I would do, I would do the equivalent of the moon through the, through the empire state building um, mm -hmm. and just shoot this kind of shallow touristy in the end, awful kind of pictures that you and I would, you know, shake off like, Oh yeah, there's a picture of a church. Good. Um, and then I, you know, I looked at the first few, well, the first few, first couple hundred of frames and went, this is not, this is not what I came here for. So what do I have to do to retool? And I went back to, well, what's my, what do I do in the streets of downtown Calgary? Like mm -hmm. where I'm the most comfortable. And I took that approach. And as soon as I did, oh man, it was good. <laughs> then I got all the pictures I wanted to. And then when I came home and processed the pictures and I got some good feedback from Mark, about he said yeah you look like you were that you were actually that was your home you know, like the way you were shooting it and i was like mm -hmm. that's perfect it's exactly what i want to hear but what i learned was that uh i wanted to be part of the place and i can't because i'm a tourist and i'll always be a tourist when i go so there. You, when it's you say you go back to, home right so you when you went back to what you know you know how to do street yeah is but that what there, this is a combination of travel and street and right. It'll always be that way. I will not truly be able to go to a mountain town in, in Mexico and have it be mine. No, it's pictures of this girlfriend that I can never have, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and the poignancy of that. And, oh, what a great lesson that is. So if, when I ever get to go back down there, I will have a whole new set of tools in my head to shoot, to go to the next level when I shoot there. Mm -hmm. Huge lesson, huge, my, the best creative lesson I could have imagined. And it's great because I didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get a good haul of pictures and I actually learned a creative life lesson out of it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, what a great place to stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see you're sweating. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating. No. Yes. <laughs> What's next? People, we're watching. Everybody should safe? know we're, know. we're watching each other me. on Zoom here, so I can see it. I can see it. He's like wiping his brow. No, he's not. <laughs> he's drinking a beer. No, it's I'm a drinking. Beverage. No, 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 no. It's a diet beverage. <laughs> diet beverage. Diet beverage. Uh, and we're really drinking water. Anyway, I think that's a great place to end to to wrap up. Right. Well, well, actually, well, let's say like since we did it with me, what would be the takeaway from this? From uh, 
Well, apart well, we from just went through working, with you. Yeah. I mean, I did lose 10 years and maybe, you know, that's, that's a debt I can't, I can't ever, you know, get back to or, or address. You consider so it a loss? That, um, in some ways. Um, okay. but what can I do? Nothing. Right. Right. Um, uh, keep working, um, pay attention and, uh, and do the work. Um, do the work if you really want your pictures to be good. You have to think about them and put all the effort in required. And, um, yeah, it's just like what all the people tell you you're supposed to do. Mm. But photography is kind of the only kind of place in my life where I feel like I'm actually kind of, you know, I'm a dad and an employee and a this and a that and a citizen. And photography is the only thing that, I think I'm I'm able to give almost as much as what I get mm-hmm. in my whole existence, mm-hmm. and so um, I, that it's it's an essential aspect of my my being. So okay. that's there you go. Yeah. End let on me, that. <laughs> let me yeah. yeah. Although I'll, I'll end on this actually. Do you feel? Do you like go through your Lightroom catalog and like just occasionally just look at it and say, "Look at what I've done. Look at look at all the stuff," and like try to find things and like just somehow it's like a little like a um, like a safe place to go. Like look at back look at back at your own work. Yeah, I think I think yeah, not maybe not quite in the sense that maybe you're intimating, but um, I do that with individual prints. Like I got a picture of a neon sign that I took. Uh, in 1988 mm-hmm. um, that I printed on on fiber paper and oh man it is so good it's perfect <laughs> um, and I look I see that every day and it's yeah. an inspir- and it's not maybe it's not even that good a picture but it had that 80s zeitgeist it was like um, uh, who was the artist that they picked the the Duran Duran album uh, Rio what was the name of that oh, artist that, um, yeah that kind Patrick, of illustration. Um, Nagel. Nagel. Right, right, Nagel. And, yeah, so it has that kind of that slashy neon sign. Okay. And it's in right. black and white, and you can see the gas in the neon and the glass tube around it. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, I, since I, I'll, I'll say for me, since you're saying that, um, like, I'll go through when I'm at lunch at work or something like that. And I'll go through my Lightroom catalog as a little respite. Like I've, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of the stuff on my phone, not my mm-hmm. whole Lightroom catalog. I've got a portion and like a small portion, of it, but I go back through it and well, you know, the memories it triggers the, the thoughts of like, Oh, maybe I should process this picture. Oh, that one is there. I didn't know that, you know, like all of a sudden it's like a little Island for mm-hmm. me in this sea of, you know, the rest of the crap that's going on in, in my life and in the world and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so like for 15 or 20 minutes, I can look at it and, and just have a, you know, just sort of have a moment, um, almost like a moment to myself, almost like walking through Greenwood Cemetery for me, like a little bit of uh, yeah space and time for myself. So anyway, I was just, it was just curious. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think for me, the Lightroom catalog is more like a barrel of, of pot uh, of unglazed pottery uh-huh. mm. so let's try this one and then dress yeah, it up we'll, and see if it'll fly yeah it's both i think yeah, yeah. yeah. so all right well to word great words i think to go into the next year with hopefully we can have this it'd be interesting to have this conversation next uh you know next december 31st sure uh, or a little before that and see see where we've come from that so we'll make a date for that
Cool. I'm right. up for that. All right. So, Ward, why don't we tell people where they can find you? Since we want to see all these images and blog posts and stuff like that. <laughs> you said this and you did this. This picture's garbage. Um, yeah, I'm at, uh, on Instagram, I'm at Ward Rosen Fine Art. That's by far and away where I post. I post almost daily there, at least once or twice a week. Um, and I'm at Ward Rosen Fine Art there. I'm Ward Rosen Photography on, um, on uh, what is that? The Facebook? On mm -hmm, Facebook. The Facebook. And I'm, my website is rosin.ca where you can see my uh, artist statement and my, uh, I got a couple of blog posts in there. They're, they're getting kind of old, <laughs> but uh, they are there. And um, my little insights onto the way I'm learning how to do things. Yeah. And um, I have this little, this little business called Ornus Photo where I sell Asian source lenses and lens adapters and filters. And that's at Ornus, O-R-N-I-S dot photo. That's our unofficial me. sponsor yeah. our unofficial sponsors <laughs> great and, and uh yeah well you can find me at uh am rosario on twitter and, and uh instagram and rosario photo on facebook and street shots photography is our website and street shots podcast is our instagram account <laughs> And you know what? I haven't put any pictures up there, but I got to give you the login so we can start sharing stuff there and get that All rolling. Right. But, uh, you know, keep an eye out on Street Shots podcast on Instagram. And uh, what else? Anyway, uh, let's, I guess, wish uh, wish you a good new year, you know? You Hope too, the, my friend. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back right in uh, in middle of January, hopefully, if we got yep. time. I'll be around. I'll be around. I'll be around too. Late night uh, conversations with Ward and Antonio on Street Shots podcast. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Man. Thank, thanks for smooth joining me. Smooth FM sounds. Yeah. The, yeah. Smooth jazz. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a good night, man. All right. Talk to you later. Ciao. Bye bye. <laughs>